Welcome to another edition of Truth Prevails, and I'm your host, Bob Soriano. Hello, everyone. I have what I believe is one of the most amazing prophecies in all of Scripture. Uh, if you could even really say that there is one that stands out above all the others, I don't think you really can do that. But this is a particular prophecy in the book of Psalms that I personally just love because it really just gives a, a deep understanding at how God looks at the foolishness of mankind that thinks that they have power over God. And the, the scripture that I'm talking about is in Psalms chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So there's not very many verses in this particular psalm, but it says a great deal. So I want to share this with you, and I'll, I'll be reading this from the New Living Translation. I just like some of the, the, the wording in here. This does not add to or take anything away from any other version. Uh, I love the King James, the New King James, the English Standard Version. If you read them all on this particular passage, it's, it's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, but I'm going to be reading this from the New Living Translation, and I pray that this will bless you and help you and certainly encourage you during the days ahead. This is what Scripture says. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? Now, in some other versions, is why do the, the nations rage? And rage and, ang and being angry is really the same thing. So here we have a description from Scripture that nations are angry. They have these plans that they're trying to make, and none of them are godly plans. They're all evil. They're all wicked. They're all antichrist type of plans. And they really believe that they're going to overthrow God's kingdom and what God has in store for this earth. And I'm going to read on because it just it gets amusing as you, as you read these scriptures. Verse 2 says this, The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord. So now we have a picture here of earthly kings and rulers, government leaders, presidents, prime ministers, whatever it may be. They all think that they're going to be able to come and fight against the Lord and win. And it's absolutely futile. Scripture goes on and says, uh, and against his anointed one. Now here we have two persons in the triune Godhead mentioned in Scripture, and we know that the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired this. So you have a picture here of the triune Godhead talking and speaking here. And here we have the first mention of what's called the anointed one. And in Hebrew, this word is Mashiach, and it means Messiah, the anointed one. And it is referring to Yeshua in Hebrew or English, Jesus. That's what this is referring to. And then verse 3 says this, Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from, now listen to this, from slavery to God. Wow. So they want to break the chains that they think that God is putting them in as far as being slaves to God. In other words, they don't want to obey God's commands. They don't want to live a godly, righteous life. They don't want to follow God's testimonies, his commands, his statutes. They don't want to follow his word. They don't want to obey what's written in the Bible. They, they just want to follow their own path as we know the enemy of all our souls, Satan, the devil, 
leads them astray, and that's who they're really following, but they're spiritually blind to the truth. Scripture goes on and tells us, in verse 4 tells us this, But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. So in Scripture, we're told that in the last of the last days, that men will become more evil and wicked and perilous times will come. And we know that scoffers would come and scoff at the things of God. But here in this verse, we see in verse 4, God rules, he's in heaven, and he's laughing at the futile efforts of mankind to try to overpower what he's going to do. Now, you have to remember, God created everything. God created man. So now here's the creation saying that we're going to break our chains of slavery to God, and we're going to do what we want to do. And they're shaking their fist at God, and God laughs. And now he scoffs at them. It's very amusing when you actually think about that. In verse 5, it goes on and says this, Then in anger he rebukes them. God is going to rebuke these people, terrifying them with his fierce fury. And the cultivation of all of this will take place at the Battle of Armageddon. At the end of the the Great Tribulation period, what the Bible calls Jacob's Trouble, all mankind at that time that is totally anti-God, following the Antichrist, and even those nations that will not endorse the Antichrist, they're all going to come together, the Bible tells us, and they're going to come to the Valley of Megiddo, which is in Israel, and they're going to try to destroy the remnant of Israel They're going to fight against God, and they're going to fight against Jesus as he comes back, which is known as the second coming. And they actually think that they have a chance to win. And the Bible tells us they get all wiped out. So it's it's funny when you think about this. Uh, Not funny that they're going to lose their life, but it's funny that they think that they could actually win. Verse 6, For the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. Now, this is a great description of what's going to take place. And you can read Zechariah, the last chapter, chapter 14, that Mashiach, the anointed one, Yeshua, Jesus, is coming back to rule and reign on this earth. This was also prophesied in the book of Isaiah, that he's going to come back and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. And God the Father is speaking here and saying that he's put his chosen king, and he's going to put him on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. And then in verse 7, Scripture goes on and says this, The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. So here there's a conversation in heaven where the king is going to proclaim, which Jesus is speaking, the Lord's decree, and then he's repeating what the father said to him. And we find this in Hebrews chapter 1. You are my son. So this is the father speaking to the son. And again, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives the inspiration for the writers of these books in Scripture to write these things. So again, you have a full picture of the triune Godhead, or you could say the Trinity. Verse 8 says, Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. This is God the Father telling Jesus this, that the whole earth is going to be his possession. Verse 9, You will break them with an art of Ryan and smash them like clay pots. This takes place at the Battle of Armageddon. Again, it's 
that's another a future event that's going to happen, I believe, very, very soon in the near future, this is going to take place. And the breaking them with an uh, iron rod is also fulfillment uh, in Isaiah. We find this in Isaiah as well. Verse 10, now then, you kings act wisely. So now here we find the mercy of God. And, you know, there's a lot of false preachers today that are telling you that we need to detach from the Old Testament, that the Old Testament, it's a different God than the God of the New Testament. That is absolute nonsense. It's heresy. And it's just a an apostate or a hireling individual that stands in the role of a pastor who should not be pastoring a church that would even say something like that. Because here you find God's mercy. God is saying in verse 10, now then, you kings, act wisely, be warned, you rulers of the earth. So he's telling them to act wisely. Don't have these foolish plans that we read about in verses 1, 2, and 3, where they're going to devise these plans. But he's telling them to act wisely, be warned. And ultimately, God's saying, your plans are not going to go anywhere. You don't stand a chance against me. Verse 11, serve the Lord with a reverent fear. So here he's telling them to act wisely and serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son. Okay, here we have another passage. Submit to God the Father's royal son, which is the king, the anointed one, as we read in verse 2. He's the Mashiach. He's the Messiah. And we know this is, is Jesus. Or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who will take refuge in him. So again, we have God showing his mercy that he it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to everlasting life through Christ. We find that consistency of God's mercy, his grace, his love is consistent through the entire word of God. It's only when we see people that will rebel and will not listen and refuse to listen and continue to go about doing evil that God has no choice but then to show his judgment and his wrath. And I believe from the consistency of Scripture— from Genesis to Revelation, that it's never God's will that he wants to show his wrath or pour out his fury upon mankind. It is always his good pleasure and his will for mankind to, with their own free will, come to him, surrender their hearts to him, and love the Lord, and he will give us everything that we need in this life, and certainly as we go into the next life, the millennial reign, and throughout all eternity, which is uh, the promises in Scripture and God is going to bless those who will live righteously, will humble themselves, and live according to God's standards and his roadmap, which is the Bible, the Word of God. If we will do that, we will be blessed and we will live with God for all eternity. But if we refuse God's ways, we will, we will suffer the consequences. And those consequences are a place that is called hell in Scripture that God never intended mankind to go to. He prepared that for the devil and all the fallen angels that rebelled against him. That's when hell was created, and that was only God's plan was for the devil and the fallen angels to be cast into the lake of fire and spend all eternity there, never for mankind. So if mankind dies lost and separated from God, it's their own free will choice to do so. So my friends, I would tell you that today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off till tomorrow. 
because we're never promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. We're just not promised those things. But if we'll obey God's word and repent, God will forgive us, cleanse us from all of our sins, and he will put us on a new path. And our road will be for eternal life, to spend eternity with the Lord. And uh, there's nothing better than that. There's no better plan that man could ever devise. And it just amazes me when you look around and you look at all these politicians. None of them have a clue. They're all guessing. So folks, just remember, today is the day of salvation. Give your heart to the Lord. You'll never be sorry. Folks, until next time, God bless you and have a great day. Thanks for joining us today, folks. Please join us next time on Truth Prevails.